0: Welcome to Just Punk Enough. I'm your host, Andy Harrison. You're listening to KNVC 95.1 FM, Carson City, and online. Thanks for joining me tonight. I appreciate you tuning in, my fellow punk rock fans. I've got a pretty cool show tonight. I did an interview with the drummer of Year of the Fist, Hal, cool dude got uh, you know got a hold of me out of the blue and said hey man we're coming out with a new album Uh, can I drop you off uh, some cds to listen to it maybe play on your show and I said well if you're gonna be here let's do a live interview and he said okay so that is happening but before that Just Punk Enough is sponsored by Shoe Tree Brewing Company, a locally owned and operated craft brewery producing 600 barrels of handcrafted beer annually. Shoe Tree Brewery and on-site tasting room are located at the Carson Hot Springs, 1496 Old Hot Springs Road in Carson City. For more info, go to shoetreebrewing.com. So I've got a 40-minute interview. During this first half, I will play a Year of the Fist song, And then after the interview, just going to play a couple more tunes, and then we'll jump into hour number two. I enjoyed myself. I feel like I made a new friend with Hal, and uh, I am now a major fan of Drake's Brewing and Year of the Fist. So, listen to a new Year of the Fist song right now. What's your last
1: name 9000 beers <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice so um you're in a band called you're the fist correct and you're the drummer yes and how long have you been in that band like are you a founding member yes okay
1: um yeah we started in uh squeaky and i started in 2011 it was kind of going to be a two-piece thing um and then we had some friends uh, and we had some songs that needed a little bit more depth. Yeah. We got a bass player in there, and then we are like, we need a little bit more. We got leads and stuff, so we got a guitar player. Um, so we've been a four-piece essentially from, I would say, like 2012
0: until now. Oh, okay. And um, Oakland? Oakland, yeah. Yeah. So you're not, like, outside of Oakland, like some bands? No. They uh, there are in Oakland.
1: Gunshots whiz by <laughs> my house. Yeah. Um, I've had a gun pulled on me multiple times. Yeah. Um, I've almost been... I actually have been T-boned by people running stops. Yeah, it's in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Tell me about the new album that's coming out. What is the name of it? Uh,
1: The new album is called Revive Me. Um, And it kind of, I would say, encapsulates a catalog of stories that have to deal with... um, I'm going to sound like an emo band right here. (laughs) It's all good. Loss... um, (laughs) death uh being left with a sense of what is there now yeah um squeaky uh she writes a majority of the songs i was fortunate enough to be able to uh pull one out of my hat to throw on there too um and it kind of went in the same vibe um we had started uh working on these songs at the end of uh 2017 Mm -hmm. we recorded at the beginning of 2018 um and through that we were like hey while we're in the studio recording this thing why not try recording in this studio and that studio and this studio's closing over here so let's book some time over there so essentially um we recorded in almost every studio uh in the bay area
0: yeah that was gonna be um, one of my questions
1: which was uh, a lot of fun, yeah. uh, but it was also a huge pain in the butt for uh, the engineer who had to mix the album Yeah, because he ended up with just like essentially a paper shredder yeah. and you get the bag of that and you right. have to decipher that. That's what we gave him.
0: What studios Um We
1: went to, let's see, um, we did drums and uh, basic uh, guitars at Tiny Telephone, which was uh, North Oakland, Berkeley area. Um, we did some vocal overdubs at Hyde Space Studios in San Francisco, which mm-hmm. is, uh, famous for Grateful Dead. Okay. Um, we did, uh, some guitar work at, um, House of Faith, Bart Thurber, who's kind of an institution there in the Bay Area. Um, we also worked at, um, Fantasy Studios. Oh, yeah. Which That's is- Booker T, right? it was Isn't nope it? it was the house that Credence built oh so I thought that that was his. Th- and we were one of the last bands in there and we recorded bass in there that's cool um, and that same engineer had opened up a new studio in Oakland um, called Atomic Garden okay and we
0: uh, mixed the album there oh cool my buddy Brad who was in the Dammit Gyms with me uh, interned at Fantasy years ago worked at Bottom of the Hill too that's you know I met him when we were in the bay, so that's how I know Fantasy. But yeah, that's I don't a- really know any other studios. I know, doesn't Mike Patton have one in Frisco? I think I can't remember what the heck it's. Maybe. called. Maybe
1: I thought he was. He's got, um, Ipecac, Ipecac yeah. or whatever the the record label. Yeah. Um, I just saw an article about them. The. The most profitable record label. Like every year really? since they've been a record label, they've
0: made money. And I was like, "Wow, that's weird." Because most of the music I can't listen to except Melvin's, because it's so like out there. Yeah, like Phantomas and yeah, yeah. I just it I is don't neat. know how, But how I don't know if he money. does.
1: I haven't heard that he had a studio in the Bay Area. I would think that he's more of a SoCal guy. But well, I know I know I mean, Faith
0: No More is from the Bay, so I assumed he stayed right. there. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. So, all right. So the new album. What was I going to talk about the new album? I forgot.
1: How awesome it is, even though you haven't heard it yet. I haven't even heard it yet. I've heard
0: the <laughs> single that's on Bandcap.
1: We got Ghosts up there, I think, or maybe Dirty Hands. I can't There's remember. There's a couple what it links was. we have out there with yeah. about three or four songs that if you look oh, yeah. in distant places, you could find a quarter of the album. When's it come out officially? Uh, July 28th, which is a Friday. And by the time July? this. July? No, June 28th. Yes. So by the time this <laughs> airs. It It'll came out a, yesterday, yeah, so yesterday. you you already are. It's yeah. old
0: news. Yeah, that's cool. So I was reading that you guys uh, opened up for L7. Yes, we did. I think it was. Can you tell me anything about that because I love L7.
1: Yeah. How um, do you remember? <laughs> I know. I totally remember it. Uh, it was amazing. It's kind of one of those things where you you get to meet people that you've always admired, and you get to play. Uh, when you're a musician, you get to play with artists that, that rock yeah. individually and collectively as a uh-huh. whole. Um, we played there. It was Katie's birthday, our guitar player. Yeah. So we we're like, hey, happy birthday. You can play the show. Um, and it was them and us. So there was no support oh, cool. bands. They weren't bringing anybody on tour. Yeah. We we're the local draw, um, which I'd like to think we brought a lot of people yeah. out. But it sold out instantly. Um they, I don't think they can get in trouble for this now, but they oversold it, and yeah. it was so packed in there. Where was it? It was at Slim's. Oh, okay. It was so packed that yeah. you couldn't uh, go from backstage and go out into the crowd. You had to leave the building and come back in through the front door just to be able to get in yeah. there. And it was insane. L7 was back. They rocked. Yeah. They killed it.
0: Um did you get to hang out with them at all or Oh yeah, I got yeah, I got yeah. I can show you pictures on my phone. And they're cool, right? <laughs> oh totally cool. Okay.
1: Yeah. I always
0: worry like my heroes are gonna be dead No, they're
1: I would know? say they're rock stars. I mean, <laughs> yeah. did they show up late to sound check? They're sure yes. they're rock stars. Look did at we them. did we did we not get a sound check because they showed up yeah. late? Yes. Uh did they kill it? Yes. <sighs> Were they awesome afterwards and yeah. cool fun to hang out with? Yes.
0: Yeah. I also read that your uh bass player now used to be in limp. Yeah, Surge. I love Limp. Um, I love Limp too. Yeah, I read that. and was like, "What?" I had no idea.
1: Yeah, honestly, right now he is in Spain uh, at probably one of the fanciest weddings you could ever imagine. Yeah. He's not getting married, but he's attending. Yeah, and yeah, I think he, yeah. So he's off in Spain. Um, I've always been a Limp fan. Yeah, I, um, I love Limp. I was enjoying from the nineties, and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah guitar did that. Yeah. Uh, I remember somebody seeing that album cover because it's like a guy in a it's a handicap logo it's with a, the guy handicapped a guitar. It's a handicap logo with a guitar. And it's called Guitar and somebody was so offended. And I was like, "Are you serious?" I, was I like, "Come on." I asked I him love the same
1: I asked him the same question. I was like, yeah. "Would that fly nowadays?" Yeah. No. But I was like, but he's like, "It was the 90s. Yeah. You could do that, you know. It was it was funny and it was yeah. easy. It was cheap. It was the color white and the color blue on mm-hmm. a sticker or on a logo or a t-shirt.
0: So it was easy to do. How did that work out, getting him in the band? Is um, he's, a, he's a Bay Area guy?
1: He is a Bay Area guy. Um, Squeaky was on a former band. Um, that was a part of Fat Records. Uh, Surge, uh, the bass player, obviously, he was in Lamp and was a part of Fat Records. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had met each other years and years ago. Um, never kept in touch. Um, we, right after the album... Uh, our bass player uh, unexpectedly left, and we are looking for somebody new. We auditioned a lot of people. We tried people out. We had a bunch of people fill in for us, but mm-hmm. nobody could be permanent members to yeah. keep up with our schedule. And one friend who also played bass, who filled in uh, for a couple tours, said, hey, my buddy was in this band. He plays bass. He's looking for a band, and he wants to you know, come audition. And we're like, all right, awesome. We'll get a hold of him. We didn't really get a hold of him in time, and he got our number, called us, and said, hey, I know all the songs, I know you need a bass player, you need somebody that sings, you need somebody that writes, I'm that guy, when do you want to jam? And we're like, well, shit, we should give this guy a try. So uh, he came in, uh, he was personable, he was funny, Uh, we gave him three of the most intricate uh, songs to learn on bass, he nailed them, we played the songs once, and... We said, "Hey, how do you want to do a tour and see if you like us and see if we like you?" And he's like, "Great, let's do it." Yeah. And so we did. Um, did we, you
0: know he was in Limp at that time? Yes. Because I would have been like, I "You're did. in, dude. I don't care." No, I, <laughs> I told him I was in. Lim-
1: uh, <laughs> this, I've told him before too. Uh, you know that song, Holiday Road? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, I hate that song. I hate that song, and it was because the version that they did. i mean it's a huge uh uh national lampoons uh it's in uh, what christmas story
0: uh, vacation or european vacation european
1: vacation one of those um yeah they just ruined it for me but i still love regardless i can <laughs> I thought, take I all that apart and i still love limp
0: oh <laughs> uh, that's cool so um the uh what is the ep is that Re- revive me
1: no, the new album is Revive Me. It's a full that's length. That's right. The EP, the EP is The, is the Dirty, dirty laundry. laundry. Yeah.
0: That covers like a like a diorama or like a like a model or something, right? Like, yeah.
1: What are they? What are they uh, diorama. Yeah, I that guess what that's what they diorama? called it back in the day. I don't it's remember.
0: It's well, Tell me about that uh, cover because it's different than the other two. I thought it was way I've, cool. I made a wooden box.
1: Squeaky's really crafty. Yeah. She can make anything out of anything. Um I'd like to say the same, but and in no comparison do I equal to what she can do. Um, so I'd made a box. I think it was 11 by 11. And she had gone around to different uh, craft stores that sold like uh, miniature doll accessories yeah. and to build like model houses and doll houses. So we had, uh, we got like a dresser, we got a bed, um, a couple of things. And then we wanted to put some personal touches in there so there's some things that are lying in there yeah that kind of wouldn't be obvious to people yeah. but we have on there's like a, a record bin that has records in it and there's one of our the first death breath light and pain our first full-length album yeah. uh that's laying in there there's a couple of beer cans uh that i had wanted to put in there for being a, a, yeah. a fan of beer and brewing beer um and then there's uh a cat in there, which our bass player at the time, he had this uh, cat called Stony Macaroni. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'll put a cat in there. Um, and then there's the red guitar laying on the bed, uh-huh. which kind of signifies uh, Squeaky's uh, classic uh, red jagstang. Yeah. So it's a little diorama that we have. And the picture in the window uh, that you can see through the curtains is our fire pit in our backyard oh nice so it's this miniature little scale type thing that we have just kind of sitting at our house is like so little- did you have
0: every intention of making that the album cover yes when you were building it, it was you know, designed like, yeah like, okay. and i
1: could tell you uh it costs way more than we ever imagined <laughs> <it to. laughs> and the yeah. whole the whole backside with uh, uh the backside of the album also has brick and has a little trash right. can and a, like a, a planter bin on the window and that's all real too that's yeah. all that's all made yeah so it cost uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds oh, of dollars, man. not to mention hours and hours, not to mention the hours of photography for it, and then the hours of bringing it into a computer and trying to like make yeah. it look as real and legit as possible. Yeah.
0: So you have two full lengths and an EP, and then the new one?
1: No, we have one full length, okay. uh, Death, Breath, Light, and Pain, um, came out in 2013, and then uh, Dirty Laundry, the EP, came out in 2016, okay. and then the full length Revive Me, which comes okay. out this Friday, June 28th. June
0: 28th, not July.
1: Not July. I, so, it, would, it would be uh, a July if I told you it came
0: out in July. Grant Line Road. That's a song on Dirty Laundry. Correct. That song's awesome. It Ooh, is a cool song. Like that's the only song you got piano in. All right? No. <laughs>
1: as well okay. um, we don't have a piano player we're not a five piece but there are parts that uh, could warrant some piano and just a little bit more more depth and expansion
0: yeah
1: um, yeah we're a punk rock and roll band we could just you know just scream in the microphone and yeah. just bang away as hard and fast as possible but there's a little bit more to us than that yeah so there's a little room for uh, for air and for breath yeah and we try to take advantage of those yeah um, and so, but the most prominent one would probably be in, yeah, Grant Line wrote Road, the little piano ditty in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was listening to like, after we decide we're going to interview, I'm like, oh my God, I better listen to some Year of the Fist. Cause I've only brushed by you guys, you know, I haven't really do- dove in. So I was listening last night and then today and that song like totally stood out. Well, thanks for brushing up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we talk to people who, don't, who well, don't know anything. I had to do some
0: homework and I'm like, God, I wish I had a week, you know what I mean? But whatever. It is what it is. I'm glad you came here and we were able to do this. Absolutely. So tell me why you're in town. Um, I'm up here. Uh, I work for
1: Drake's Brewing Company in San Leandro, California. Um, I've, I've toured the world. I've always enjoyed drinking beer. Um, when you're in a band, you usually get crap beer. Yeah, and I've been able to taste some uh, really unique beers, and that spawned my love for for craft beer. Um, seven years ago, uh, I got the opportunity to work for Drake's Brewing Company. After home brewing for many years and switching industries from the graphic design and and arts uh, uh, line of work, so I started working for Drake's um, and making beer. And I, being a musician, and being able to share and. Uh, Being with a brewery and sharing a product with people and stuff has always captivated me and uh, made me enjoy what I do, being an artist and being creative. Um, So, we've, Year of the Fist has come up here a few times and we've uh, played at uh, Sassafras, Mm -hmm. uh, more prominently, Sassabration, uh, which happens, you know, once a year. Um, It's a celebration of, uh, you know, pride and unity and diversity. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I figured I could use. My place at the brewery that I work for uh, to do a collaboration brew with Shoe Tree um, up here near Sassafras and uh, make a beer that uh, proceeds that organization and you know helps you know spread diversity and spread cool. unity and spread inclusion for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. So essentially, um, thanks Drake's for uh, paying me to come up here to come do this <laughs> because for one, I'm having fun, yeah. and and two, you know, we we get to do a good thing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, when you hit me up, I was like, Drake's and Shoe Tree. I'm like, why didn't Jeff and Paul tell me about the collaboration with Drake's? I love Drake's. So I text Paul. I'm like, you're doing a collab with Drake's? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome.
1: They're great people. Um, super fun to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, they got a cool location. They got good beers. Um, cool. And we're happy to be able to, like— Because the event is going to be on site, you know, at their location, the location of the Carson City Hot Springs, the location of Sassafras, you know, like you couldn't get any closer to, uh, supporting this event besides, uh, owning one of those businesses or, you know, being Jamie or Tony who are, you know, uh, curating this entire thing. So I wanted to do what I could with the powers that I have, um... To, one, make beer, which I enjoy doing, and two, come up here and play music, yeah. and three, blend them together.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, So Sasebration is July 13th, right?
1: It is July 13th, Saturday.
0: Cool. Um, so I saw you play with the Lucky Ejits. I don't—what is that club on Telegraph you guys always play that I thought they'd never have shows at? But it's kind of down by the bowling alley. Is it, is it like the Ivy Ro- It's not the Ivy Room. It's the... The Ivy Room. Is it the Ivy Room? It is the Ivy Room. Did you come out for Year of the Fistmas? Was it in December? No, it was before. It was like a year before Way before, before December. It was a year before that. The Egypts played. Then you guys played. Um, but yeah, it was about a year before that. And then somebody else played? I don't think anybody else did. I don't know. Hmm. I don't remember. But that's the first time I saw you guys. And then... Um, I'm glad it's so vivid in your memory.
1: Because I, I I remember it the same way,
0: and then I found a uh, Year of the Fist uh, enamel pin in the gravel at uh, over at Shoe Tree, and I was like, dude,
1: those bastards. There's
0: something to do. Yeah, like there's some there's some vibes going on, man. Like we've been crossing paths. We didn't even. It know. is
1: funny, and that's how I you know. Uh, the internet provides us the ability to uh, covertly lurk on people. Right. Um, and I, friends with all the Lucky Egypts we've uh, been playing shows with them uh, for the last, I don't know, six years or so. Yeah. Um, and so there, I saw they're doing a beer release with Shoe Tree. Yeah and that's all me they're man. on this record label and on that record label the record label's and me. I was like I was like I work for Drake and we're doing all these yeah. kind of things and I was like there's like all these like bullets firing around and stuff and yeah. there's a couple of people I haven't hit yet so yeah. I was like who who's in the mix that that I want to talk to and that I want to find out and I've yeah. always uh known about your your radio uh your program um and wanted to reach out and see uh
0: that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I appreciate if, it, man. If you That's might like... one
1: day, you know, play music from the band that yeah. you found the pin in yeah. on the on the ground. Absolutely.
0: In the and you're in another band, right? Uh, yes. Um,
1: Squeaky and I have another band called Cut Rate Druggist,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a drum and bass duo, which sounds like we do like the... Right. Ns, 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 ns. But it's uh, nothing like that. I'd kind of equate it to... We're both, you know, at heart lovers of, you know, kind of grunge music, you know? trying to reinvent nirvana yeah uh yeah uh squeaky might want to leave me uh for mark arm and mud honey um (laughs) still works at sub pop (laughs) still works at sub pop yep (laughs) um and gets time off to go tour you know i was like does that not sound like a great company to work for i love mark arm um but we wanted to do a a two-piece thing uh we love traveling the world we love playing music um, if we could bring those things together uh, and make it easier, it's why not? Yeah. Um. So we started on this venture. We talked about it for way longer uh, than we should have and yeah. didn't, you know, jump on it and hit it. So we talked about it, and then in December, uh, we booked a show. Didn't have any songs. Didn't have a band name. And then they started hitting us up being like, we need a band name to put on the flyer. It's like, the flyers, <laughs> the show's like seven months away. What are you yeah. talking about? And they're like, we need a band name now. It's going to go in the T-shirts. I was like, why are you printing T-shirts so early? They're like, <laughs> band name. We're getting um, ready. So, yeah, there was a, uh, you know, uh, Squeaky had tossed around the name Cut Cutray Druggers for a long time. And uh, the funny thing is, is actually in San Francisco, uh, in the Mission District, there was a building that had construction... And they were redoing the facade of the building, uh, and when they started taking some of uh, the exterior off, they revealed that it used to be an old drugstore. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, they used to would call it, instead of Walgreens or Rite Aid, they were considered cut-rate druggists, which was like a cheap kind of drugstore thing. Yeah. Um, Nobody had jumped on that name, nobody'd used it. She it's been stewing in her head for years and yeah. years and years and years. And so we decided to jump on that name, uh book a show um before we had any songs and then book a recording date before we had any music too. Yeah. And you set goals and you just try to try to hit them and achieve them. So yeah, she plays uh bass guitar through a bass rig and through a guitar rig yeah. which have two separate tones. Oh, that's cool. Um I Still play the drums, so yeah. nothing new there, yeah. too. Um, I do try to sing a little bit more, yeah. um, which I wish I was better at, but I'm yeah. going to do it anyway, because <laughs> that's the thing about being a musician, you know? Yeah. Like, you love it or you hate what somebody does. Yeah.
0: What are your influences? Like, what what kind of got you into music?
1: Um, Growing up, my father always, uh, he was really into music, and it was more of old-school rock and roll, blues... Um, and I just I would listen to it. He would make me mixtapes. Oh, cool! Um, and I listened to him as a kid. I know you said, "Oh, cool!" But then I was gonna be like, some of those mixtapes had Jimmy Buffett on it. Yeah, um, I hate which, Jimmy Buffet. Okay, cool. I'm a parrot head. We <laughs> can't can, stand. <laughs> we can agree him. and disagree. <laughs> but essentially, it's not. You could take the worst song or the most annoying artist or something and you can always grab something positive out of it, you know, whether sure. it's the musicianship or like, I, I don't like their voice, but yeah. the drummer's doing good. So I always think of it uh, aesthetically of like, what what is the what is being offered up here? And I can take the best from it, you know? Well, yeah. And um, when you're
0: young, you're not looking at that stuff. you do just taking have, it in. Yeah you're, yeah.
1: you're not biased yet. Yeah. You don't have a set of judgments. Right. It is what it is. So you can be influenced either way. If yeah. you're only given jazz music that's probably what you're gonna i love jazz music yeah. how did you learn to appreciate jazz music yeah. you're like oh my folks showed it to me yeah. so i always but it was always rock and roll um i always enjoyed that and i i ended up playing um uh i was in choir in school although you probably wouldn't be able to tell now because <laughs> i'm not good at singing um i played the xylophone the marimba i played uh the viola Um, and then I got into, in about the late elementary school, I got into drums Mm. and I had a friend who, uh, whose father had a drum set set up and it was the strangest thing. And it's going to sound like a load of BS, but I was able to sit down on the drum set and actually play it without any training whatsoever. And my friend's dad was like, I'm going to teach you how to play drums. Later on, I found out it was only because he wanted somebody that he could play basic bass guitar along right. with. So I learned how to play jazz drums. And so just the appreciation and the, the, the diversity and the wide range of rock music to jazz music to, to symphony and strings and orchestras, uh, I just loved music. And yeah. I was like, there's nothing like it in the world. So like, There's no food or, or a fruit or beverage or
0: drug that can give you the same yeah, feeling that music sure. can. For sure. I totally agree. So what... What was your first, you know, like, punk rock experience? Like, how did you start listening to the the harder stuff and decide that's the kind of music you want to play?
1: Uh, my brother had... I was in, you know, alternative music. You know, it was on the radio back in the, you know, early 90s. Yep. Um and my brother started getting into punk music. He was a few years older than me, and we would go to the record store, and he would be like, "Buy this, buy that, buy this." Yeah. I knew he was going to steal. He wanted me to buy him with my own allowance money, so that he could steal him afterwards. Was that in the Bay? Uh, no, this one was up in Colorado, okay. in Midwest. So we got you know we got the East Coast music, we got the West Coast yeah. music, we got you know the everything, the major label music, and you. The, there's just these giant record stores back in the day yeah. um, that would somehow pick up these independent, like, no-name punk rock bands. So he was like, buy this, buy that. And I would, and he would steal them. And I, but I listened to him, and I was like, wow, this is cool. I was like, this is worth fighting for. I was like, yeah. this music is great. I was like, don't steal my goddamn <laughs> records. So I would do that. So there's, there's a few bands. Um, I think one of them, uh, Defunct Now, uh, Jughead's Revenge oh, yeah, Jughead's. Uh, was probably Images Everything yeah. with the uh, the guy with the mohawk on the record, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, this like captivates everything that I'm into." <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, huge fan of the Vandals, Bad Religion, yeah. um, and then got into the Dead Kennedys. Um, I never really dug deep into like the older, you know, like '80s and '70s punk yeah. um, until I was a lot older. Yeah, me too, So yeah. that never captivated me to make me want to. So I was, I guess, if you could think of old punk versus new punk, um, maybe I listen to more new punk or something like yeah. that. But if you really looked at my uh, playlist on Spotify, you'd find out that I probably listen to dance music more than anything yeah. else now.
0: <laughs> That's all good, you know. Yeah, you got to do. I mean, what you got to keep the beat up, you know. Yeah. yeah, I can't stand it, but no, I'm just kidding. I like some Daft Punk. I mean, is that dance?
1: It is. I don't listen to them. No. I'm you. talking about like Kylie Minogue or, you know, yeah.
0: the new Tegan and Sarah album. That's not really dance, though. Well, I, you should wait till we put it on. I'll, I'll, dan- <laughs> okay. I'll dance for you. I saw Tegan and Sarah. I got a free ticket and was, I loved them. Oh, I couldn't blown believe away. how yeah. awesome they were. I was like, oh my gosh, man. I I'm, I'm yeah. misjudged. Yeah, they don't know sure. but yeah, they're I'm their boyfriend or they're my girlfriend. I'm not <laughs> sure which, which way <laughs> which way that works uh, out, but. That's cool. So what kind of influences Year of the Fist, dude? You- well, so we. Got- I mean, to me, it's like grungy, garagey, and punky kind of. It know, is. Mixed. I think
1: on the on the on the surface and on the most basic level, you could say you could say that. And I think honestly, deep down, that's what it is. Um, you know, we're all uh, product musicians of the you know the late '80s and '90s. Um, yeah. You know, kind of like where we, where we cut our teeth playing music. Um, the grunge era was huge then the metal era was kind of dying out, you know, but there was, that was still prevalent. Um, you know, uh, alternative rock was kind of coming around in the nineties too. Um, but I think we all love those styles, but each individually we all have our, a little bit of our heart holds, you know, kind of like blues music or jazz music um or something a little bit softer, you know. Yeah. Something that could a- add dynamics to like an intense rock song, you know. Yeah. As you'd mentioned, having a piano in a song. Yeah. You know, it's not like a piano in the background, you know, like uh roll over Beethoven yeah. or something where they just or Billy Joel jamming and, on it, you know. Yeah. It's like it's soft, it's subtle. Yeah. So, we all have our appreciation for, you know, rock in general and each of its little subgenres. Uh, but deep down inside, I think, each of us, if we could be in our own little cocoon, you know, crying by ourselves, uh, it might be a little bit softer music. Yeah. So we try to slide some of that stuff in there, too. But, yeah, you're not wrong about the, uh, you know, there's some metal influences. There's definitely the grunge influence in there. There's, you know, some 90s punk, uh, some post-punk involved. And there's a the little bit of blues and a little bit of jazz yeah. and um, a little bit of jazz hands, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I didn't see any of that in the Bridge City sessions. Uh,
1: yeah, they cut that out. <laughs>
0: uh, another way that we have crossed paths is I made the, a flyer for you guys at the for the Evil Pie Show with uh, Go Buddy Go. I was you made through, that flyer? Yeah, I was looking through stuff today, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there we go." How was that? How was Go Buddy Go? Like, I don't understand them. Like everybody's kind of like praising them. I haven't really listened to them though either, so I don't really know. Well, that's why you don't know. Are they? <laughs> they're listened. not from America, right?
1: No, they're from LA. They are? Yeah.
0: I thought they had accents for some reason.
1: No. Yeah. I'm thinking no. of a different band. But so uh, that was like
0: a whole tour. You, we did Venomous a compl- Pinks, and Go Betty Go, right?
1: Uh, it was just us and Go Betty Go. Oh. Okay. And Venomous Pinks happened to play a show. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think was, that uh, was uh, a show in Tempe, but uh, going back to the Evil Pie. Uh, flyer which he designed yeah. um, I didn't know that either it was really cool thanks for doing that yeah um, yeah Go Betty Go and You're the Fist are both with the same booking agency oh I gotcha um, so we we do some shows together um, they're, they're a great band they've been quoted as being the uh, a Latina uh, punk rock quartet hmm. um, which uh, I mean they have solid drums solid bass solid yeah. guitar solid vocals uh, they, you know, they were one of those bands that you know struck out big uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: they had a couple member changes, and now they're back to the original formula, um, and they're just they're making great music. Yeah. Um, and we're super stoked to get any opportunity to play with them. Yeah, and cool. when we don't get the opportunity to play with them, and they come through town, we get to hang out.
0: Yeah. Well, I saw that Wiretap Records is like re-releasing one of their they are albums yeah. on vinyl and. Like yeah. that's, that's who we're doing the lucky Egypts with is wiretap. So cool. they're doing, yeah. they're doing some cool stuff. You guys play a lot of shows, man. Like too much. To, could you play? I mean, if we played like 300, yes, play if, if we played
1: 366 shows a year, that would be too much. Cause there's,
0: you know, <laughs> but it gets to you. I mean, it doesn't get to you. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I, I enjoy, I enjoy playing, um, I mean, if I'm playing a show, I'm not working, right? Yeah. Well, at, I'm not at work. Yeah. Uh, so it's always enjoyable. It's fun hanging out with your friends. Yeah, It's fun sure. meeting people. Um, not to say that we uh, screw off all the time. Yeah. But we get to go. We get to meet new people. We get to uh, try new foods. We get to uh, try new beers, new experiences. Yeah. Um, granted, we probably look at the same mile markers down the same freeways. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a great opportunity. Um and i wouldn't say we do it too much i could do it a bit more yeah um but it's it's kind of like a a vacation without the getting to see all these things and have fun kind of right. thing
0: uh tell me about your background you said you were a graphic designer
1: i did graphic design screen printing and promotional items and for a long time so i painted or i what? painted t-shirts and i painted houses yeah um I worked at years and years and years and years ago. I worked at uh, Start the Press in Fort Collins, Colorado, which was the Descendants' own screen printing oh, okay. facility. So nice. I printed all stuff. I printed Descendants stuff. I printed Guar stuff. <coughs> That's I cool. Fat records crap. Yeah. Um, and I printed forever. I moved to Washington State. I printed all sorts of band stuff. I moved to the Bay Area. I printed all sorts of band stuff. Yeah. Ended up printing a. Uh, doing my own little like screen printing uh rock posters in my garage oh cool which was a, which was a lot of fun yeah um and then i kind of got bit by the beer bug and uh jumped ship and decided to make beer yeah. instead of posters anymore because with beer afterwards there's nothing left over because yeah. you drank it all yeah. but when you make t-shirts and posters like you end up with a couple stragglers and hanging then, around and you got to
0: push that stuff yeah I, always, I have so many shirts in stores and i'm like what am I doing with this stuff? I don't. Want, I'm not a salesman. I'm yeah. an artist. So yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, t-shirts are hard to put down. a see. Yeah, or see. to drink. <laughs> <You totally>. So, <laughs> I switched over to something that yeah. had uh, less of an uh, an aftermath. Yeah. And leaving a trail behind it. Yeah.
0: So you just went to Drake's and said
1: I'm a home brewer and hire me? No, actually, uh, kind of a funny story. There was a home. I was home brewing uh, prior to that uh, while I was still working just to do it for fun, mm-hmm. um, just to see if I could create alcohol and get drunk on my own. Yeah. And I was like, life <laughs> realized, you know? Um, and so I'd met this fella, uh, his name is Travis Camacho, he actually runs the uh, barrel agent program at Drake's too, uh, makes amazing sour beers, uh, barrel aged uh, dark beers. Yeah. Um, he had, I just bought a house too and then got laid off at work, and he was like, man, this guy's at home making beer, doesn't have a job, but he must be dealing drugs. <laughs> and I was like, hey, do you guys need any help at the brewery? And he's like, sure, yeah, come down. So then I got paid a case of beer a day for, yeah. you know, like 10-hour days. And uh, he's like, man, this is totally a drug dealer. Why would he work for a case of beer a day for 10 hours? And then I just kind of was like, know, hey, man. do you guys need anybody? And then I started part-time um, uh, packaging beer. And I worked two, three days a week. They asked me to come on full-time. We'd still package a few days, and I'd work in the cellar. And then we got to packaging five days a week. I moved over to the cellar, started brewing, uh, started running filtration, left to go work for Jupiter as the head brewer, came back, and now I'm the cellar manager. And I like to think that I, I don't know, keep the... Train on the tracks. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, it got from the from the love of brewing beer yeah. uh, as fun in your garage. Yeah, uh, and having you know your own supply to now having to manage a supply for you know <laughs> yeah. hundreds of thousands, millions yeah. of people or something. I don't know. That's awesome.
0: So what is next for Year of the Fist? You can put out the new album.
1: Um, we're doing a run of shows in July. Uh, we'll have the album out uh, June twenty eighth. Uh, we play. Um, Sacramento on Thursday, the 11th. Mm -hmm. Um, We play uh, Stockton on the 12th of July. And then the 13th, we're up here for Sacerbration again. Cool. And then uh, Sunday, the 14th, we're back at Bottom of the Hill, um, where we're doing a women in music uh, festival. Um, and in association with that, uh, Drake's is doing a collaboration brew with Year of the Fist, uh, to brew Year of the Fist IPA, oh, cool. uh, which is a brew I originally designed a couple years back and have made a uh, number of times in my garage mm-hmm. that features, uh, a super stripped down, uh, malt bill, uh, two row and rice and Pilsner malt and some of the coolest tops that a lot of people can't get. Yeah. Um, so we're brewing that. That's going to be released. We're going to have that out in cans uh, beginning of July. Mm-hmm. Um, I think July fifth they go out. We'll have it on draft at the venues. Um, then after that, we have a. Katie is getting our guitar player. Katie is getting married in September. Uh-huh. Um, musically, after that, um, the beginning of November we have a. Uh, we're playing Fest down in Gainesville. Oh, yeah, I think it's cool. Fest eighteen. Yeah, potentially. I forget. I was at. I think at like Fest
0: nine or uh, seven or something i want to go have never been but there's so many people that i know that are going that you should go so many bands
1: but you should plan on going like two years in advance so you <laughs> I know, get, get a hotel room or something you know i know or find some friends but it's cool it's neat it's like this down downtown strip they don't yeah. necessarily block it off yeah i mean they might now um but there's all these different venues and you just have a wristband and you can walk and go see like there's like eighteen thousand yeah. bands playing there yeah um and comedians and artists yeah. And they have so many cool things happening. So we're flying out there to do that. We got uh, a couple of shows. Uh, we got a show prior to that with uh, the Dolly Rots, uh, which isn't announced, but I guess now it is. Um, a couple of dates after that, we're playing with, uh, we're doing some more shows with Go Betty Go mm-hmm. um, and then doing a week run up uh, the East Coast. Cool. Up until the New England area. And then yeah. we, we fly home. Um, and then we're definitely, we have this, uh, revive me, this full length album out this year. We yeah. also have some other previously recorded material that we haven't released, um, that we're looking for a home for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I would, I mean, 20, 2020. Yeah. hindsight's going to be the biggest joke, you know, like yeah. I company is going to be like, ah, oh, 2020. they They're like, <laughs> you should have gotten your eyes checked in 2020. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, uh, to be more ahead of hindsight, uh, 2020 um, doing some more international stuff um, probably go back to Japan um, I know in Tokyo they're gonna have uh, the Olympics out there uh, which is probably expensive to fly yeah. uh, so we might have to wait till those are done yeah. head to Europe instead um, but uh, I'm thinking we're gonna put another album out next year that's cool I mean this album we've it's the music everything was there it just took a long time because we wanted it to touch every uh, recording. Uh, oh, studio yeah, right. in the Bay yeah. area just so we could have that kind of street cred yeah. um, that it passed through here. Yeah. Um so I think in twenty twenty it might be, make it a little bit easier and just record at one place so we can put it out a little that's faster. Cool. Yeah. Well that's cool. Did I talk we talked about Hard on Records for a second. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So Hard On more about Hard on Records is um Squeaky uh from Year of the Fist and Cut Rate Druggist and myself from Year of the Fist and Cut Rate Druggist. Um we decided and realized that there's not really any record labels out there that, uh, you know, lean towards female musicians mm-hmm. or uh, bi musicians. Pink and black, bro. Don't exist. I know. <laughs> yeah. Squeaky could speak more to that. Um, there's nothing out there that's really accepting of anybody else. If you're a white dude uh, with a beard that has a guitar and can you know, rock out, then uh, they're just throwing record labels at you, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and if you have a female musician in there or anybody else that's different, they're not really accepting of it, you know? Yeah. Especially, and it's harder, Harder. you know, if you have somebody that, say, doesn't sing. So yeah. when you're listening to something, it's ambiguous, you can't tell, like, you could have a draft playing the drums or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but vocally, I think when they hear these things, they're like, oh, yeah, girl music doesn't sell yeah well girl music does sell girl music's cool Mm -hmm. i i've played with female musicians my entire life and i and i've loved it they have this uh uh great energy to it the way that they they think about things and design music from like a standpoint if you could map music out Mm -hmm. um they lay it out there different than males um and so do people that think differently you know yeah. Uh, and that orientate their sexuality or their identity different. You know, they just think about things differently because they are different. You know, yeah. and they create unique things. Art is about creating mm-hmm. and about stemming where you came from and putting that into your art to push it out there. Yeah. So Hard on Records is designed and in mind and, and will be a record label that supports you know thinking differently creating different music, supporting uh, the under-supported, and to try to get uh, some of these musicians out there who are making amazing music, but be based upon you know uh, their orientation, uh, the color of their skin, their sexuality or so, uh, we don't care. Yeah. In fact, we encourage it. So mm. we, wa- we want to bring it on, and we want to help promote these things. That's cool. And it's not a matter of profitability, where we're like, you got something cool. I think yeah. we can sell it. It's a matter of like, you got you know you're making awesome music it's unique and we uh have the ability to help get it out to other people you know that's cool just as though you know our music you know having female musicians in there people are put off by it you know like you said pink and black records where is that now yeah it's not so we're trying to trying to pick up where other people left off and yeah. say like hey you're not alone you're not forgotten we want to push these things yeah. you you make great music and you know to the best of my ability i want to help you know promote that and push it out that's cool because i I enjoy seeking that music out i enjoy listening to it so inherently i enjoy being able to
0: offer that to other people that's exactly why me and damon started bipolar records because we want to do the same thing it's like we just want to push art out there you know people need i mean we need music and art you know right because i mean this life is going to be boring Without musicians it. people need help yeah you know musicians I mean? solely so,
1: can only like take their music so far yeah. and they need somebody else to help you know right. spread it to the masses and
0: it's not like we're this huge label that has a ton of money it's like we'll, we're doing what we can you know what I mean and take it or leave it really It's absolutely you know, it's, and I appreciate that as yeah. well it's cool I like it I enjoyed talking to you I'm glad you got a hold of me
1: I enjoyed talking to you Andy yeah. thank you very much yeah.